Hey guys, it's uh, really great to be with you again. I have really enjoyed coming to share with you guys this year. Uh, glad to be back for the last time of this school year. Um, so, it's almost summer, right? And summer's coming up pretty quick here. And I've decided, my plan for this summer is that I'm going to get super ripped. Going to get that summer bod real good. My wife's going to love it. And as I get so strong, stronger than you'll ever believe this summer, uh, my plan, how I'm going to do this is I am going to go to the gym once a week for an hour. This is, do you guys think this is, does that not sound like a good plan to you guys? You don't think I'm going to progress very much on that? Okay, well, okay, I have a backup plan. So my backup plan, if I'm not going to get really ripped, I think I might just try to get really rich. So I think I might start buying some lottery tickets every day and really hope for that windfall. And I'll end up super rich by the end of summer. I'll be able to pay for school in the fall. And I think I'm really set, aren't I? What do you guys think? Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, you guys really want me to try this out, don't you? You think this will just be awesome. Okay. Um, so there's a, there's a principle here. And uh, I know we're talking about diligence this month. And the principle is that, you know, really most things that are good take work on our part. They take effort. Uh, good grades don't appear out of nowhere. They take diligence. Strong bodies don't pop out of nowhere. They take diligent, consistent effort. Uh, riches don't come from nowhere. And it's not surprising, most of you probably know, that most people who win the lottery end up like out of money, basically bankrupt within a few years. And people who try to cheat the system with uh, working out and bodybuilding um, it doesn't really equate to much strength either. I remember I had a friend, Kenny, who was actually, he was really, really strong. He worked out all the time from like his whole high school. Well, it's, he was very consistent every day at the gym for like two hours. Um, but he never took any like steroids or supplements or anything. And he'd be at the gym with all these guys who were like, you know, they were on the juice. They were juicing up to get these artificially large looking muscles without actually going to the real effort to acquire them. And so Kenny would be there, and he'd be there, like, pumping, his, like, arms looked half the size of these guys, but he'd be pumping twice as much weight as them, because he was just so strong, because he diligently, just daily, did the actual work, he didn't try to cheat the system, didn't try to artificially pump those muscles up, and so Kenny really developed strength, and this takes diligence, it's a lot of effort to push a body, it's not always enjoyable, to work hard. Uh, if you want to acquire wealth, the best way is like uh, this one popular website says to get rich slowly. It's that little bit of saving over and over again that causes accumulation. And this is a principle we see in the book of Proverbs, particularly in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 11, which is the verse I want to focus on this morning, which just simply says this. It says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle. But whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Okay, wealth that's gained hastily, quickly, a windfall profit, it'll dwindle. It'll fly out to the wind, as it were. But if you gather little by little, a little bit of savings here, a little bit there, that is the true way to increase in wealth. And so I want us to take this principle, this sort of diligence, this is a picture of diligence, this gathering little by little, and I actually want to talk about spiritual diligence because we have, as it were, like spiritual muscles. And I want you guys to be spiritually strong. I want you to be strong in might, 
in mind, in heart, in soul, and in body. And in order to get spiritually strong, in order to get spiritually rich, it takes diligence. And now, for us who are in Jesus, we know that God has all the resources of strength for us. He has all the riches for us available in Christ. And he's given that to us as our birthright, as our inheritance. But we still need to go to the daily effort of, as it were, taking of what God has given to us and appropriating it to ourselves day by day. We need to go to the effort of doing spiritual exercises, spiritual disciplines. Because we're not going to grow in strength. We're not going to be equipped for the battle that rages all around us, the battle against our flesh, our own sin, the battle against the temptations of this world, the battle to have a single eye on heaven and eternity. We're not going to progress very far unless we are spiritually equipped with spiritual strength. And the primary exercises God gives us to work out our spiritual muscles are namely his word and prayer. It's really this simple. Because our relationship with God is based on our communication with God. God's communication to us through his word. God speaking to us as I'm speaking to you now. And our speaking to God. That's prayer. That's simple. God speaking to us, us speaking to God. And as we exercise ourselves in both of these acts, that's how we grow in spiritual strength. And I trust that uh, I don't really need to stress the benefits of this. Most of you probably are convinced but just struggle with the application. But I just want to throw a few out to you. The reason why we need to be in God's word and look into God's word is because we are all kind of naturally dumb. And the ways that we think are best are usually not. Uh, God's ways are often upside down. For instance, we think that being served is awesome. But God's word tells us that actually it's the one who's the servant of all. That's like Jesus. And actually that's the person that gets the joy. God's word guides us and directs us. It shows us what's true. There's so many lies in this world that to build our lives on a foundation of truth is absolutely essential. And we see God's love in the scriptures. We see his character and get to know him. And as we're in the word, it soaks into our lives and permeates us and then flows out from us. In prayer, this is where we're told that in our anxieties, in our frustrations, in the things we're dealing with, when we bring them to God, the peace of God guards us. The peace of God covers us. We can lift our cares to God knowing that he cares for us. Prayer changes our own hearts. It changes how we think about things. But also, prayer actually changes things. And I know we believe in the providence and sovereignty of God, that God has ordained whatsoever comes to pass. But one of the things God has ordained in order to accomplish his will is our prayers. God would have us pray and that his hand would move in response to our prayers. That is how God has chosen to work. And if we want to grow in spiritual strength, in our relationship with God, that will make us effective ministers, that will make us people that shine like lights in this world, we need to be all about these spiritual exercises of word and prayer. And now, probably most of you are agreeing with me. That would be great. I'd love to be in the word. I'd love to be in prayer. But it's just, it just doesn't happen. It's hard. And I know that our flesh, the sin that's in our flesh, guys, it wants you to do anything. 
other than build your spiritual muscles. Um, so as soon as you get that inkling in your heart, hey, I should read the Bible, your flesh will try to kill that and squelch that so much. And really, building any good habit is challenging. Bad habits seem to come easily, but good habits are hard to come by. And so if we want to have times to do these spiritual exercises, uh, here's the first thing it's going to take. First, we're going to need to have a consistent time and place. If you talk to anybody who goes to the gym, you have to do this consistently because uh, compromise kills. As soon as you're like, oh, I'll take a day off here, I'll take a day off there, it really kills the motivation. Secondly, a consistent place. When you pick something and make it a routine, then your brain can start to do it automatically and it becomes part of your routine. And things that are routinized, they don't take as much mental effort to maintain because they become an automatic part of life. So if we want to have time for spiritual disciplines, the tried and true method from people all across time, all over the world, is generally the guaranteed time we have, which is first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning is a really good time that can be consistently set apart because it's generally consistent day by day. So if you want to have time in word and in prayer, I highly recommend first thing in the morning. Uh, get up 10 minutes earlier. Uh, that's all it takes to start, at least, building spiritual muscles. Um, maybe that's not going to work best. When I was in high school, it was right after I got home from school. Take off my backpack, uh, kick off my shoes, and go to the Word right then. That's what worked best for me when I was in high school. So the first thing is you do need a consistent time and place. And in the time I've left, I just want to give a really practical overview of how this summer you could start cultivating consistent spiritual disciplines and exercising your spiritual muscles. Because often for lack of a plan or taking on too hard of a plan, we fail. Okay? So we're going to look at these two things, word and prayer. First, word. What is a good way to go about getting into the word? Well, one, I would say don't start a reading plan. Reading plans are generally discouraging and they don't get followed and you stop following them really quickly. We want to make this easy and manageable in order to build a consistent pattern that then we can build on later. So what I recommend is we take our Bibles. I generally take a cup of coffee with me. Sit down and open it. And what I would recommend, and I would love it if, you know, if a couple of you here, really a lot of you, this summer, here's what I think you should do. And this is just my opinion. You don't have to follow it. But here's what I think you should do. I think you should read all the small books of the New Testament. All the small epistles that are like four to six chapters. So what you do is open your Bible, start with the book of Galatians, and read one chapter a day. Go through all the way to the book of Jude, the second last book of the New Testament, and skip Hebrews. Because that one's kind of long and kind of confusing. So starting with Galatians, read one chapter a day. If you do that, there's 63 chapters. That'll take you through most of the summer. Then add in those last letters that are larger, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and Hebrews. And that'll actually cover the whole summer for you. And why I'm recommending this is because these books are chock full of spiritual nourishment, and you're not going to get bogged down in historical narratives. You're not going to get bogged down in things that take more explanation. But this is the low-hanging fruit that's easy to grab. And so what you do is you open. You open to Galatians 1, and just read the whole chapter, but read it with either a pen, pencil, or highlighter in your hand. And as you read, read slowly. 
read carefully, trying to follow the argument. Try to understand what the writer's saying. And don't get bogged down if something's confusing or you don't get it. Just keep going. And as you read, if you come across a passage, a verse that really strikes you, that just kind of sticks out to you, highlight it or underline it or mark it. Okay? You guys, you guys tracking with me? Okay, finish the chapter. Then go back to look at your highlighted verses. If there's one, that's it. If there's multiple, pick your favorite one. And then this is the second step. Just think about that one verse a little bit. Think really hard about it for like a minute and try to see how it might apply to your life. So if you're starting in Galatians, um, Galatians chapter 1, my favorite verse in Galatians chapter 1 is verse 10, which says, if I were still trying to please men, I wouldn't be a servant of Jesus Christ. So I would take that and I'd think about it. What does it mean still trying to please men? Who, who are the people I'm trying to please? Am I living more to please my friends than to please God? Do I go along with like the dirty jokes and innuendos just because I know they'll laugh even though I know it grieves the heart of God? Wow, look at me. I am trying to please people more than trying to please God. God, help me to serve you and not people. You see what I'm talking about? This is called meditation. Where we take a verse, we just try to think about it. Think about it from different angles. Mull it over in your minds. And then go to prayer. And I think often we complicate prayer too. It's not as difficult as it often seems. There's really just three things in prayer. And this is really, I know there's, there's patterns like acts and stuff which are good. You can do that if you want. But here's what I'd recommend. Pray to God about God. Then pray for yourself. And then pray for someone else. So first, look up to God. Praise God for who he is. Thank him for what he's done. God. Then yourself. Pray that God would help you with your sin and help you to do things. Your internal and your external. And then pray for someone else. Someone to be saved. Someone to be helped in any of these ways that work. Pray to God. Pray for yourself. Pray for someone else. The last practical tip I'd add with prayer Legit, you guys won't believe me at first, but set a timer. Set a timer on your phone for one minute. And pray as hard as you can, and as much as you can for one minute. If you can't do it, keep trying day by day until you can pray for one minute. And if that's not enough, up into two minutes, three minutes. See if you can grow. But really, if you can pray hard for one minute, that would be phenomenal. This whole thing will take you ten minutes, and I want you guys to be consistent in this over the summer. Start with Galatians. Go through one chapter a day and get spiritually strong. And we don't do this to earn God's favor. We don't earn this to be saved. We do this because Christ has saved us. Christ has loved us and he has given himself for us. And we want to know him. We want to love him and we want to serve him. So don't think this is going to earn you brownie points with God. God can never love us more than he's already loved us in Christ. But we want to know him and be his people who are strong to fight the fight of faith. Let's stand and pray. God, you are awesome and mighty, and you've shown your might to us in sending Christ, the Redeemer, the strong man who cast out Satan and who has brought and delivered a people for you. God, we are so privileged to be a part of that people. We ask that you would purify us from sin, that this summer would be a time of spiritual growth, that you would purify our hearts and prepare us to serve you better and better. God, would you bless these students in their efforts, that you would refresh them this summer and help them not to forget you. Help them to be diligent spiritually, to exercise their spiritual muscles, that they would grow in their knowledge of the word, that they would grow in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
praying to you and would come back to this place knowing you better, knowing your word better, loving you more, knowing that you love them so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.